Hello, my lovely angels. Welcome back to Angels Anonymous, the podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa. I am a 25-year-old ex-professional dancer. Now I'm a yoga instructor and integrative health coach in recovery. And in this podcast, I share vulnerably about my struggles with addiction to pretty much anything and everything, including body image, food, relationships, comparison, and so much more. Through an open-minded perspective, I explain how you can overcome your struggles and find feel like you're enough. In today's episode, I will be talking about self-love versus self-care versus self-compassion and really differentiating between the three of those, diving in deeper into what each of those mean. I think we throw around self-care, self-love a lot, but do we actually know what it means? I don't know. I even had to do some research because I was like, I don't really know how to explain the difference. I feel like I understand or like in my heart, I feel like I know what self-love is, but I couldn't really put words to it. So it took some research and I learned a lot just through looking up some stuff. And I hope that you learn a lot from this episode too. Before we get started, I want to share an angel number with you. The angel number I picked today was angel number 494. I picked it because I've been seeing a lot of different sequences like 676 or 898. But this one I saw when I was thinking, of a friend who's going through some challenges and relationships and whatnot and I sent it to her and said I was thinking of you when I saw this and it just was like really powerful and on point in the moment so I think this is relevant for all of us regardless of if we're going through a more challenging time with a relationship with a job anything like that but um, even if we're not I think this will be applicable to our lives so angel number 494 means when the angels constantly encourage and advise you you along the way you live. It also shows that it is time for an end to a problem. Angels are attempting to remind you that the other door will open if one door shuts and they help heal the grief, sadness, and loss linked with your transitions. Remember to focus on your life objectives, aspirations, and goals and request direction and help from the angels. Angels also say to humans, take care of our time. Do you take the time to do activities that are not linked to your objectives? Or are you spending time on the things that you don't enjoy or on individuals you don't want to attend to or have engagement or hangouts with? You only have one life, so it's important to manage your time wisely and be very selective with your energy. All right, let's ground before we dive into the message for today. Get really still in your body take a scan from your head become aware of your facial muscles release your tongue from the roof of your mouth relax your jaw soften your neck and your shoulders let's breathe together inhale soften your belly let it expand Open mouth, exhale, slowly sigh it out. Again, breathe in all the way down into your low belly, into your hips. Open mouth, exhale. This time, breathe in. Imagine your breath sending all the way down to your legs, over your knees, out through the bottoms of your feet and your toes. 
open mouth exhale, send your air back up through your belly, your heart, neck, throat, out the crown of your head. Just notice notice what it feels like to drop in to your body, to yourself, to your energy. Okay, I have some exciting things to share before we dive in. This last weekend, I went to Crested Butte, which is a city like, I don't know, five hours from Aspen. It is absolutely beautiful, and there's a hike from Crested Butte to Aspen. It's like a little over 11 miles total. You can do it in a day. We did it in like six hours-ish. Um maybe a little more on the first day because we were just like frolicking around and talking to people. But it was the one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not exaggerating. The wildflowers were in peak season and there were yellows and oranges and purples and whites and all these insanely beautiful flowers everywhere. I couldn't even believe this was my life. Like it was unbelievable we were out there in the mountains no city to be found literally just us and nature and there were some beautiful people on the path as well we brought lots of good snacks and then once we got to aspen one of my roommate had a friend and we stayed at their house in aspen and then got up really early saw the sunrise as we hit the trail by 6 a.m and then hiked back and drove five hours home on sunday So it was quite a whirlwind of a weekend, really magical. I am so grateful and blessed to have experiences like this. Like I'm, if any of you are considering moving or like following a calling to go somewhere else, fucking do it. Moving out of Minnesota was one of the best things I've ever done for myself and not because of any one person or thing, but just like my heart was called here for the mountains for the adventure because Nature is a huge part of my higher power and there's so much research on why nature makes us feel the way that it does. Um, It really heals us and can regulate our nervous system and so many things Um, and I just wasn't getting that fulfillment from the nature in Minnesota. Yes, you can make the most out of whatever area um, that you live in but me and my roommate were joking like you can look for this shit in Minnesota your whole life but you're going to be spending the rest of your lifetime playing where's Waldo and you're not going to find it because you would never see something this beautiful in Minnesota or anywhere in the Midwest and we only have one life to live so you might as well live it up see the things that you want to see do the things you want to do love the way that you want to love just live life to the fullest because we've only got today we have no idea what when our time is up, what's next for us. So while you have a healthy and able body, like go do what your heart calls you to do. That's my inspiring talk for the weekend, I guess, for what I took away from the weekend. So many beautiful takeaways, so many beautiful conversations. It was unreal. Other updates, I feel very ungrounded. (laughs) I find myself taking it out on somewhere other than myself and like making myself think that a surface level issue is actually the problem or I get into this victim mindset of so-and-so isn't doing enough for me but then I realize I haven't been giving those things to myself. There's been a lot of new things to navigate in my life like I've said before I got laid off. I'm in this new situationship friendship type of thing with a guy. I'm Uh, just over a year year sober or in recovery and um, starting to question slash dabble with what 
uh, fluid sobriety looks like and not having the black and white of like never allowing myself to try anything ever again, um, questioning things with psychedelics and whatnot, um, just diving into research there, which is interesting, starting to take on new jobs at the coffee shop, about to start teaching yoga again. There's just a lot going on and then traveling and a lot of um, old patterns are coming back up especially when it comes to like the intimate relationship that I have going on right now it's easy to say to someone when they're feeling the way that I do to not overthink it to relax or just don't worry about it and that's not really a super emotionally intelligent or safe safe space to vent to what we need to hear in those moments what someone like me who's really emotionally sensitive and gets in their head a lot or just like really is self-reflective and observant of all the intricacies of interactions and how I'm feeling and how this person might be feeling is to validate and be asked if we're open to feedback if we haven't already asked for feedback or advice. I think asking how you can best support or hold space for someone is vital in strengthening any bond or relationship. This is my quick plug to the Angels and Anonymous Angels Anonymous virtual hangouts because having a safe place to vent about stuff and not feel like you're alone or like you're burdening someone is literally the purpose for our virtual hangouts. So if you don't have a community of conscious, vulnerable, loving women in your life, here's your invitation. It's free. You don't have to be sober or in recovery from anything. You just have to have openness and willingness to be vulnerable and to listen to other women do the same. We have different topics every week and that is a huge part of my weekly self-care like literally the difference between going into a mental spiral and feeling grounded for the week ahead I can tell you I got to see the guy that I'm talking to after an 11 day hiatus he was out of town traveling and I started to get funky in my head I started creeping back into old patterns of like creating drama out of nowhere because I'm addicted to drama and wanting to start shit just because like it's safe and it's good and I haven't seen seen him in a little bit I guess like part of it too was having my period and PMSing and whatever but like I had the space to vent it all out and then ask the ladies for feedback and I got such powerful wise feedback that was honest and loving and I was able to show up and feel so centered in myself when I got him from the airport and like we had such a special night together I came back to myself and felt like I'm just focusing on the friendship aspect of this I'm not putting too much pressure on this right now I noticed myself before I had that conversation and like the week where I felt really funky I was like getting salty and snippy or making like rude comments about what he didn't do didn't text me good night or good morning or didn't reach out to me till x time of the day and it's like that's not actually how I feel that's just like my inner wounded teenager or child throwing fits about shit just because that's what I'm used to and I'm like if I sit and actually question like is he showing up the way that I would want him to for himself and for me yes without a doubt like I wouldn't change anything he is secure in himself he's living his own life he's prioritizing himself He's getting into his flow and meditating and seeing friends and spending time with family and doing the activities that he loves and not thinking about me 24-7. Like, that's fucking healthy. You know what I mean? Like, if he can wake up and go throughout part of his day and not think to text me, like, that is totally fine. That is more than fine. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, the whole purpose of a conscious relationship, which is 
the opposite of a codependent relationship is to validate that this other person is whole and complete by themselves. We are showing up as two whole, secure people. And when our insecurities pop up, we talk about them. We conflict resolve. That's really important, that communication piece, because there's always going to be something coming up or a blind spot or something triggering, right? Like no partnership's going to be perfect. But if you're seeking a conscious relationship, it is important to make sure that you feel whole within yourself first. And that time that I spent not dating, I feel like I really cultivated that. And it's not like a destination to get to, but more so um, a state of being or, or a state of relationship with yourself that you just end up feeling like this secure feeling is an energy and I noticed myself starting to get insecure just because I wasn't giving the things to myself that I was looking for him to give me and one of the ladies in the Angels Anonymous group last night was like normally when I start getting upset about random things like randomly picking fights she was like normally when I start to give myself those things that I was looking for in him and take a step back and do self-care, pick up the course that I signed up for or bought about conscious relationships or sexuality or becoming the one, like, you know, those courses that you feel called to online, you never finish or whatever. All the times, all the things that you want to have time for, but you don't end up making time for, that's what's really important to refocus on when you're feeling out of control or resentful or like you're not getting enough from a certain person they're just mirroring shit for ourselves right like it's really not about them and so I explained that to him in the car last night I was like I didn't really love how I showed up this week I don't know if you could tell my energy was off but a lot of things in my life financially career-wise like our dynamic, me traveling, just like there's a lot of new things in my life right now and it's making me feel ungrounded. It doesn't mean I'm not happy or I'm, I don't feel secure within myself or the practices that I have, but I really need to dial it in a little bit more and focus on myself instead of like getting what I need from this relationship because this is just adding to my happiness. It's not fulfilling or completing me, right? Like I'm a whole person. So if i if I'm giving off this weird snippy energy or like creating a mountain out of a mohill essentially creating stupid little drama please like call me out for it and let me know that you notice something's off and just like ask me am I okay like how's my life going and maybe that will open up a space for me to realize like what's going on is way bigger than our interaction or our dynamic because I'm content with who he is. I'm like, I love having you in my life as you are. I don't want to expect all these random like little nitpicky things. And he was like, you know, if you have things that you need or ways that you want to be loved, like I will text you good morning. Like I want to know that kind of stuff. I I should have texted you earlier in the day, even if you didn't have service to let you know I was thinking about you, but I was thinking about you all day. I was just busy and like went from one thing to the next and like my phone was slowing me down. So I didn't think to text you. That doesn't define my level of worthiness or love at all, right? Like someone else's actions or feelings or behaviors does not define our level of worthiness or love and so it was really important for me to verbalize that and get that validation from him but then also let him know like 
I don't want to show up that way and like be that nitpicky about my expectations and needs. Yes, I will verbalize my needs and these things are going to continue to come up, but I just wanted to let you know it's more so about me releasing this like resentment and snippy energy by like coming back to myself, creating structure in my life, making sure I feel grounded and filled up with love by from myself and from the women in my life and then I can show up full and whole and like give to the relationship with this guy what I want to and how I want to show up and he just he's so perceptive and understanding and there are guys like this out here right like I feel like for a while I thought that is there ever going to be a conscious man or an emotionally intelligent man there is and like him and I both said to each other like wow I did not know that there was someone out here like this for me and we're not saying it in terms of like oh my god you're the one it's just like wow thank you universe for showing me what is possible in a relationship with communication dynamics with you know levels of happiness and taking it slow and it feeling healthy and it being fun and it being about friendship right now like it is such a beautiful experience to have and if it comes to a point where you know I have needs or express boundaries that he can't fulfill that means nothing about either of us it's just like okay cool we're not in alignment anymore then we'll need to discuss like is this something that we can continue or no like is this a deal breaker for either of us and if it is then we can be friends right like it's okay to evolve from trying out an intimate dynamic with someone into a friendship I know it's probably easier said than done depending if someone has more feelings than the other it might need to totally separate but there are possibilities of being friends with someone that you ended up starting out intimately with and just finding out like okay, we no longer align or like either of us aren't willing to compromise here or I can't meet you where you need to be or we're in different places. And that's okay. It does not mean anything about my growth or my worthiness or my lovability. And I think we do that a lot as codependents. I think we're all codependent to some degree or struggle with codependent tendencies of wanting this other person to fit into our lives. It's kind of like a piece of clothing. Like if the shirt doesn't fit, are you going to like force yourself into it and wear it? Or are you just going to like return it and move on or, you know, give it to someone else? (laughs) not saying you can do that with a person in the same context but like if the shirt doesn't fit if the person doesn't fit in the capacity or the way that you want it to or that you need it to in order to feel like your best self or just your needs you know your needs aren't being met that's okay and trust that you can wait and be open to allow someone else who is more aligned and like better fitting for you they will come into your life there's no scarcity of loving conscious men out there I promise there isn't so that's my little rant about you know taking care of yourself and um it was funny one of my friends was like dude I on the angels anonymous hangout she was like I haven't seen you show up this anxious or like in your head or ungrounded in a long time and love definitely triggers that for me or like intimate relationships definitely triggers that for me and I'm like I know when I wasn't dating like I'm just so secure and grounded and able to give advice for anyone and then when it shows up in my life like I haven't been able to practice 
practice this for so long and it's so trial and error for me right now, but I think it's going as well as it could go at the moment and we'll just continue to go with the flow and navigate it as it comes. Let's dive into self-love versus self-care. Self-love, the definition, is showing kindness to yourself. This is a more stable construct than self-compassion, okay? So it's a state of appreciation towards oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Let me say that again. Self-love is showing kindness to yourself. It's a state of appreciation towards oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. It's about valuing yourself as a human being who is worthy of love and respect. So self-love is a state And self-care is the action of taking care of yourself physically and mentally. So then the difference between self-love and self-compassion is while you can choose to be compassionate towards yourself in any moment, self-love is something that you'll probably need to build up. And that's why I said it's a more stable construct than self-compassion because it takes more work to build up. But once you do, it's more of a like, permanent state of being yes it ebbs and flows but it starts to become like your neutral zone or your baseline foundation of where you function from it's kind of like shifting out of survival and into this like I am safe type of self-love it can become your new baseline and something that you come back to more often than self-hate or negative self-talk. So then the definition of self-compassion is being kind and understanding when you're confronted with personal failings. It's like talking to yourself the way you would speak to a friend when they're suffering. That's more of just like in every moment. How are you speaking to yourself? If your thoughts aren't super kind, are you having counteracting thoughts that help neutralize the mean negative thoughts that you're having and I posted on my story today I was dancing twerking around a little bit on my Instagram story and I said reminder number one twerk and feel yourself every damn day reminder number two you are fucking sexy regardless of what you look like feel like um the way you eat and I struggled with some body hate or body shame this weekend especially with my belly I struggle the most with and especially around my period my body changes a lot and I feel very insecure about the way my belly looks and how bloated I feel and look I would highly advise you to name your inner bitch like give her a name and know that that voice is not you your negative self-talk to name that and that's part of the self-compassion is like being able to recognize that these are not my thoughts and then another act of self-compassion is like it's okay that I'm having those thoughts like not even necessarily trying to change them or have a counteracting thought but literally just saying to yourself like okay I'm not gonna judge the fact that I'm talking to myself this way that makes sense um my mom used to talk to herself that way she still does that's probably where it came from you know, like I've been struggling with this for a long time. This is the way society teaches us that beauty is identified as is in our looks and and that defines our worth. So all of that talk is self-compassion, being able to give yourself understanding and kindness the way that you would speak to a friend when they're suffering. And then the difference between self-compassion versus 
some other similar constructs like self-esteem or self-confidence. If you're wondering how that's different, Dr. Kristen Neff, she's a leading self-compassion researcher, and she explains how they differ. She says, although self-compassion may seem similar to self-esteem, they are different in many ways. Self-esteem refers to our sense of self-worth, perceived value, or how much we like ourselves. In contrast to self-esteem, self-compassion is not based on self-evaluations. People feel compassion for themselves because all human beings deserve compassion and understanding, not because they possess some particular set of traits. So that's kind of like saying I'm worthy and lovable as I am just because I'm a human being, not because I have XYZ, some particular set of traits that I possess. Does that make sense? Okay, so those are the definitions. What I want you to ask yourself or what I'm asking you is how do you practice self-care and self-love? What does that look like? What are the tangible action steps? If you can't think of anything, you're in luck. I have plenty of them for you. The first one is take time to be alone. I read a quote today on... um, we the Urban. It's a really great Instagram account. And it was a quote from Young Pueblo, Young Pueblo that they screenshotted. And it said, a big red flag is when someone can't spend time alone. If they feel lost when no one is around or when they're not in a relationship, then they are deeply disconnected from themselves. The danger here is they will use your presence to avoid dealing with their issues. And this makes your time together unstable. I'm guilty of that, right? Like that just came up for me in this dynamic with me and the guy that I'm talking to. I noticed myself start to try to use his presence to avoid dealing with my inner issues, to avoid dealing with the inner um, instability and insecurity that I'm feeling. And if he's not responding or texting back fast enough or saying exactly the things that I want him to say, then that makes our time together unstable. That makes it unenjoyable. That no longer makes it a conscious relationship. It can quickly shift or evolve into a codependent relationship, especially the more you grow feelings for someone or the deeper you dive into a relationship. This can also also come up with friendships or you know living dynamics anything like that if you notice you have someone in your life that cannot spend time alone or if you can't do that I don't blame you it's really uncomfortable it's really hard start really small set five minutes to put your phone down and listen to a couple songs or to answer a couple journal prompts or try to go for a walk around the block without your phone like start really small and then start to build that time up more maybe you go to a yoga class by yourself and leave your phone in the car maybe you go for a longer walk a couple miles without your phone. Maybe you end up going on a hike by yourself for a few hours or painting or doing something like that. Whatever it is, spending time alone is the fucking key to freeing yourself from suffering. I promise. And not only spending time alone, but meditating. And we'll get into that in a little bit. I kind of alluded to starting a journaling practice and why journaling is so important. I feel like a lot of people have struggle with negative beliefs like, oh, I could never journal. I would never journal. I don't like it. Or even, you know, other things like I'm not creative. Like that is so unfucking true. If you can write, you can journal. If you learned how to write, then you can fucking journal. If you can text on your phone, you can journal. 
And if you're a human being, you're creative because you were created by the force of creation itself. You just need to find your creative genius. What do you love? What did you love to do when you were a kid? Lean into that. If it doesn't end up being journaling by typing it, you could read and stimulate some thoughts or some introspection that way. You could record on a voice memo. You could start a podcast like me. This is basically like my weekly journal because I like to process things through my voice. So I process here by myself. I process on Instagram through the content I create, which took fucking time. If you scroll down far enough on my page, like my shit used to not be creative. If you've been following me for years, I used to show up so awkwardly on social media, on my stories. And it was like my dream to be vulnerable and to be able to think of posts and ideas from my own brain, not like look at someone else's caption and like copy and paste sentences because it sounds good. And it took a lot of time and effort and consistency and willingness to show up and risk failure and risk judgment in order to feel creative on social media. And I still struggle with imposter syndrome or feeling like I'm not creative or I'm not good at journaling or I don't have clear thoughts to think or I'm just like that doesn't work for me. But all of those thoughts are a lie and you can start a journaling practice literally today for two minutes. I feel like we think in so black or white with like a journaling practice or reading or a yoga practice or a workout practice. Like it does not have to be sitting down and like Dear diary, blah, 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 blah. Like you can Google journal questions about XYZ, self-love, self-compassion and answer a couple or you could do a workout for five minutes. You could literally do a forward fold and an up dog and a down dog and that could be a yoga practice. It doesn't have to be like an hour of doing this, an hour of going to the gym, an hour of a yoga practice. You can take little movement or mindfulness snacks. I've heard someone call before like little tiny periods throughout your day and those really add up. So it doesn't have to be this big daunting practice of like journaling for an hour. It can literally be one question or like two minute timer. The next self-care practice is slow down. I think it's really easy to say slow down, but then it's like, okay, how do I do it? It's important to put slow down activities in your planner. Schedule them out, put them in there, or you're never going to slow down. And your body will force you to slow down if you don't choose to slow down yourself. I guarantee you it will eventually burn out. If you don't take time to decide to slow down, your body will burn out and slow down for you, honey. So some things that I do to slow down are take a more relaxing yoga class instead of something that will get my heart rate up and get me sweating. I'll take a stretching yoga class. I'll go for a walk. I will take a nap. I will take time to cook. I'll call someone or I'll try to put my phone away and read. All these activities that might not be just like completely locking myself in the room with nothing and just like sitting there, that doesn't have to be slowing down or even driving in the car with no sound. That one's really hard for me, just like driving slowly to a destination, something like that, being mindful throughout your day and being involved and embodied through the process process through the journey of what you're doing, not just doing something like, check, got my yoga class done, check, got my walk in. It's like, are you actually being present and looking at the clouds and like feeling your hands on the yoga mat or whatever it is that you're doing? Are you actually in your body and in that moment? Like that is what slowing down is. Also eating without the TV or without your phone, like literally taking in every bite, 
being mindful while you're cutting all the vegetables up. Like I am constantly on fucking two times speed mode, taking in so many things at once, like listening to a podcast while talking to my roommate, while cooking dinner, and there's going to be a show on, and I'm doing this. It's like I thrive on multitasking because my nervous system likes to feel busier. Then I don't have to like sit with myself and be in my body, but it ends up being a way more calm and like peaceful and fulfilling experience when we can get over that threshold or that fear of slowing down and actually be in it it's really not that miserable just starting to slow down is the hardest part the next one is spend time with people who energize you not drain you this one's tricky i kind of want to dive into the next point to like bring this one full circle so The next one is get rid of things that don't serve you. So those would be the energy drainers, which could be thoughts, people, or things. Some thought examples could be um, repetitive thoughts like worrying about the future or, you know, types of energies that you feel your body existing in for a lot of the time. If your heart is tight a lot, if you're panicky or in a fear-based emotion and then that triggers your thoughts to worry about the future or what other people are thinking, fear of failure or being judged, um, it's easier said than done to say get rid of those, but there are a lot of ways to um, counteract those thoughts. I love looking at the different cognitive distortions. Google that. There's like all or nothing thinking, magic thinking, all these different examples of the ways that we think that are actually not true and kind of feed into this fear-based worrying types of thoughts and negative ways that we think about ourselves and think about the world and then it shows you how to like counteract those thoughts and give yourself that self-compassion so that's a really powerful and um lifelong journey or practice to implement is being aware of your thoughts and starting to shift them or be your own best friend and counteracting them and giving yourself compassion there the people is what ties into spending time with people who energize you and not drain you ask yourself if there are people in your life that create constant drama while knowing you have 50% accountability because you're allowing them and welcoming them into your life there are some people that attract more drama and while we can always take accountability and know that we have a part to play in it that doesn't mean that you have to or should continue the relationship or take on more responsibility than is yours if you notice like my life is pretty peaceful and healthy and well-rounded overall besides this one area or this one person, that might be a telltale sign. This can be in an intimate relationship. This can be in a friendship. And I saw this post again on We The Urban today that said nine friendship flags. So here we go. These are some flags that could help you notice someone might not be super beneficial to have in your life and you don't necessarily need to have a super dramatic hard cut breakup with a friend that's definitely happened to me a lot or I've chose to do that that hasn't happened to me it's happened for me um I've chose to do that with a lot of people or friendships in my life I just like to cut the cut the cord and move on I don't really like to have loose ties but if you are someone that has a harder time ending things you can just slowly distance yourself and visualize them moving from like your inner circle to your outer circle whether that's a friend family member an intimate relationship so here's some nine let's say relationship friendship flags 
Number one, pay attention to how people react when you share good news. Two, pay attention to who you are around when you feel like your most authentic self. Keep them close. Three, pay attention to the ones who only talk about themselves and never ask about you. That's one of my biggest red flags in someone else. Number four, pay attention to how your nervous system reacts around certain people. That's exactly what I was saying with even like the types of thoughts you're thinking or the energy you're feeling. Sometimes the people around you can really influence that. Your energy will always tell you what you need to know. Trust your energy. Trust the feelings in your body. You can feel when something is a yes versus when something is a no. Whether it's a decision or a person in your life or something, you will feel that. You will feel happy and free and light and like fluid when it's yes and when it's a no you're going to feel fear-based constricted anxious worried um small insecure i don't remember what number this is pay attention to the conditional friends that disappear when they're in relationships only to come back when it's over seeking your emotional labor oh my god been there another one when they constantly use you as the butt of the joke for the entertainment of others oof i think i do that to people sometimes <laughs> watch out for my red flags too next one pay attention to the people who only seem to reach out when they need something that's a huge one number eight i think don't get too comfortable existing in spaces where you know you deserve better aka do not fucking settle and number nine believe people when they show you who they are the first time my rule of thumb is fool me once shame on you fool me twice three four times anything beyond that is shame on me that is our choice to keep that cycle perpetuating and that's where we can get into this victim mindset or in this drama triangle which I will explain in a second we can get into this drama cycle that we are choosing right like it's so easy to play victim in our lives when someone's in our life that's creating shit and it's like you literally on a soul level chose them to come into your life to learn something it's so easy to complain about it and look at it at surface level but it's really a mirror for ourselves everyone is intimate relationships friendships our family is a mirror for something to learn about ourselves doesn't mean we have to take on their shit or their negative qualities and be like oh my god what's wrong with me if they're so dramatic then I must be a drama queen it's just like no it might be mirroring that you need to set boundaries or protect your energy be really aware of who you spend time with who are your energy fillers versus energy drainers who do you maybe need to distance yourself from or take space from and then things that um you could get rid of that aren't serving you some examples that I've done before are my ex's old clothes that has really negative energy tied to it like clothes hold energy get rid of that shit texting conversations that make you sad or mad or reminisce on the past delete that shit off your phone delete old phone numbers block phone numbers if you want to cut off access to your exes i block any ex that I have had a negative ending with or don't want to continue any sort of open dialogue with, I'll block them. You could even change your number if you want to. I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Cleansing out things like who you follow or your followers. You can choose to have someone unfollow you. You have the decision to do that or block someone on social media too. Um, and then also just like things or clothes that you no longer use. Like having a lot of extra shit physically weighs you down energetically the more that you own the more weighed down that you are the less that you own the more minimalistic you are the lighter you are the the quicker you could pick up and go and I think you know there's a 
find balance between that because like for me I don't own (laughs) anything beyond like what I could fit in my car I literally have like clothes and bed sheets and shoes and makeup and hair stuff and that's really it the place that I'm living right now is fully furnished and she owns a whole ass house that she owns so much shit and that's not to say like she's way more weighed down than me she's a lot more stable than I am um and she has a lot more responsibility with owning a house whereas like for me I could literally just like pick up and go wherever I want so it just kind of depends what type of life you want to live how much stuff do you want to own and even if you do own a whole ass house you can still be somewhat minimalistic and like keep your energy and your physical space clean and organized and like not have a shit ton of clothes from 20 years ago like get rid of that shit and just have what you wear on a day-to-day or month-to-month basis have your essentials re-wear stuff like that's totally okay and just know that like you're always gonna buy new shit probably whether it's secondhand or you buy new shit I think we all continue to consume so That's what I have for how to practice self-care and self-love. The drama triangle that I want to explain that how we can get out of drama. I've, I've found myself in drama a lot both in my friendships and creating drama in that intimate dynamic situationship like I said earlier Um, I saw this little flyer thing that says stop the drama we tend to move around the triangle until one of us changes until one of us communicates in a clear and healthy pattern the three ways that you can stop the drama is number one stop number two notice what role you're in and number three move out of the triangle to a clear and healthy role so there's three roles in this triangle and the way to stop it is to be the one to step out and change the way that you're acting and express what you're noticing express what you're feeling have a healthy grounded clear dynamic of communication with the other person that's on the receiving end or that's in this dynamic with you and that is how you can change the trajectory of the relationship that is how you can break toxic cycles and patterns generational trauma all that bullshit the addiction to drama that's how we slowly start to chip away at it and break it down so the first role is the victim aka the underdog the beliefs of the victim are i'm helpless and powerless i'm not okay and everybody else is i think we can all relate to victim mentality at times the behaviors and feelings are that we feel oppressed hopeless incapable and misunderstood we seek a rescuer which is the next role that I'll explain or the third role to validate our feelings we do not stand up to the attacker which is the other role and then we refuse to make decisions solve problems get professional help or do self-care to change the behavior so that's the person in your life that's like poor me fuck this why did this happen to me oh my god and then is not open to solutions or does not see their part in it or will not change or do anything about it there's also a term that I learned in the book that I'm been reading with my therapist called adult children with emotionally immature parents they talk about these two different archetypes of people that come from an environment of emotionally immature parents or instability insecurity and they're either internal internalizers or externalizers I think they can both be victim mentality but internalizers are more of like the self-aware self-reflective the type that would actually read that book and the externalizers are like very reactive and 
unaware. It could be potentially like borderline narcissistic or lacking empathy, lacking accountability, unwilling to make decisions or solve the problems. They just stay in the fucking cycle. It's really frustrating to have people like that in my life. I know I feel that on a very personal level, but I can also be that as well. Anything that I can see in someone else, I can also see in myself. The next one is the attacker, aka the bully or the blamer. The beliefs with this one is this is your fault. You're not okay, but I am. And you'll be okay if I if you do what I tell you. <laughs> this is the solution um, problem solver. Uh, The behaviors and feelings with this one is critical, domineering, and bossy, puts the other person down, blames and finger points, feels anger or resentment, fears being out of control, and very rigid in thinking. I definitely don't want to be that. (laughs) Uh, The last one is the rescuer, aka the enabler, aka the savior as well. Could be another name. The beliefs are you need my help. You're not okay, but I am. Behaviors and feelings with this one are supports others at the expense of self, aka people pleaser, self-sabotage, all that bullshit. Feels guilty and anxious if we don't rescue them. Feels connected and capable when... The victim is dependent on us. So any of these three roles, we can play at different times in different dynamics. It's not a set trait or role. Um, It's definitely like a spectrum and we can all play all of these roles. So to stop it, number one, stop. Number two, notice what role you're in. You'll be able to notice if you start to become aware of your thoughts and have that self-compassion and noticing the energy that's in your body, which is related to the self-care, the self-love, self-compassion, then you can move out of this triangle, take on a healthy role, clearly communicate your needs. This shit is really important. If we want to have healthy relationships, if we want to be conscious in our relationships, whether it's a friendship with family, anything like that, this shit is so important and I hope that understanding the difference between self-care the physical actions it's so much more than like the face masks right if you need to go back and listen how do you practice self-care and self-love a lot of those are the actions that help you accumulate or like step into that state of accepting yourself or that state of appreciation towards oneself that grows from the actions that support our physical psychological and spiritual growth and then I think we talked a lot about the self-compassion piece of you know watching our thoughts becoming observant and aware of that and that helps through the practices of self-care of like journaling meditating praying this is not only like an emotional growth experience but also spiritual growth like a huge piece of this emotional healing trauma releasing uh, freeing yourself from pain and suffering is a very spiritual experience as well connecting to your higher power the angels synchronicities praying meditating um, surrounding yourself with a community whether it's religious or angel anonymous the virtual hangout or recovery meetings whatever it is you need Put yourself in there. Dive in. Put yourself first. Schedule out your life and your routines and do the things that matter to you spiritually, physically, psychologically, emotionally. Take care of yourself and fill your cup up so that you do feel full of self-love and self-acceptance and then you'll be able to show up in relationships like that. And it's a constant bank that you need to invest into or that you will benefit from investing into because it's not like you can just do a massage 
and then you're like good for the week and you'll show up perfectly. Like life challenges us and constantly wears us down on a day-to-day basis. So we get to counteract that stress with the ways that we fill our cups, with the ways that we talk to ourselves and have self-compassion, with the ways that we take care of ourselves, self-care, and then the way that we feel about ourselves, which hopefully if you're feeling like you're in a place of self-hate or, you know, body shaming, body dysmorphia, all of that kind of stuff, body neutrality or self-acceptance oftentimes comes comes first. And for me, that came with a lot of therapy work. I went to eating disorder therapy. I went to outpatient treatment. Like I, I still have a therapist. So I'm doing that work consistently because my negative inner voice, Vicky, is really fucking loud. She likes to take the front seat and driver's seat, but I'm throwing her in the trunk. Like she needs to shut the fuck up. And like my true self, my self-loving self is going going to take the driver's seat and like that I'm choosing to create a space of healing and therapy and work on myself do the work that needs to be done step out of the victim drama role and actually be open to the solutions and the work that I get to take to create self-love and self-acceptance came first and it's still that self-neutrality or self-acceptance is still where I oftentimes live at like that baseline um like I was talking about I had a lot of shame and negative self-talk about my belly and in those times I actively reject it by like posting a story or telling someone about it because if I let those thoughts stay in my head they're gonna start to spiral even more and evolve into something that's permanent or that's way more frequently showing up in my head or that I'm hearing and I'm listening to and giving energy to than just something that's like a fleeting thought and I'm like all right let's counteract this let's get rid of this this isn't true that's just Vicky let's move on so I hope that this helped you if you have any other questions about self-love self-care self-compassion the way that I've been able to step into these types of actions and ways of being in my life please reach out to me I'm always a DM away. You can always see me face-to-face on our virtual hangouts on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Otherwise, if you like this episode, please share it with someone that you love and do a little five-star review on Spotify. I will see you next week or Sunday if you come to the hangout. Love you lots. Thanks for listening. Bye.